0: Hey, what's up, guys? Peace to you all. This is another episode of the Brothers of Destruction podcast. And I'm your host, Anthony King.
1: With your brother, Daquan Donovan.
0: Hey.
1: Happy NBA Day to everybody. I don't got shit to do with wrestling, but let's get into Raw anyway. What's going <laughs> on, bro?
0: <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, Raw was pretty good. I, I liked it. It was, when you think about it, I didn't realize until like two hours into the show that there were no women matches.
1: Facts. That's a fact.
0: You didn't realize that, well,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, like, like, like they—it was a seamless show. It really was. It went kind of fast, if I may say. You know? Yeah, you, I didn't. You know, I didn't notice until this morning.
0: It's funny because they—the <laughs> whole show actually went through all three hours of the show. The only seen women in the capacity of being a manager or backstage segment, where You had the interviewers or whatever, but there were no women matches. And I did a little bit of research. And I think some of the prominent figures on Roar might have been uh, on the tour. I don't think they were there. Mm -hmm. So the men had to hold it down. But they they held it down. It was a pretty seamless show. And you know why? Finally showing and giving opportunity to new faces. Right. You know, I mean, the show opened up. And Ric Flair, I love to see Ric Flair in his element. Mm-hmm. Don't you just love mm-hmm. seeing the nature boys just get yeah. his, his promo element, like, you know what I mean, just kind of get to relive. Not for me, not the 90s for me because I was a kid, but I'll say that... Just
1: her, to see him in his prime. Yeah, in the
0: early 2000s, that's where I really caught a lot of Flair, and I got mm-hmm. got a glimpse of that, but what, what I said, I said in the last episode, I was like, I think you said Andrade as one of the final members, and I think I was like Drew McIntyre,
1: you we, we, we was... We was around, we was on the same page. Like I was saying last night, I was like, Anthony and me called that. <laughs> it was, yeah. it made sense. Storyline-wise.
0: You know what? It would have made sense either way, because Andrade is dating his daughter, so. Right, it right. It could have made sense either way. It could have been, it could have been Drew, or it could have been Andrade, and it wouldn't have been a bad choice either way. But either way. I think the right person was picked. And I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre came out, got the, got the endorsement in a special way. And he comes in, he starts off, Ric Flair's telling everybody, look, I got the best team. Pretty much, Team Hogan done got nothing on Team Flair. And then I knew it. I knew off the rip that we would see Drew go against one of these guys on the other team. And it was the right match, Ricochet. The last guy that beat him is the guy that he got to return that L to. Yeah, that was
1: good continuity. Yeah,
0: that match went on for like, it felt like it was 20 some minutes.
1: No, it was I think it was. But the weird thing about that match was they let Ric Flair cut a promo in the middle of the match.
0: Word.
1: <laughs> that wasn't weird to you?
0: I looked at it as them trying something new.
1: That's that's it could have been that. It could have been that, but it was just weird. It was weird to see Ric Flair cutting a promo <laughs> in the middle of a match and it's not
0: 1985. <laughs> like <laughs> what I loved about it like I said once again, is just seeing him in his element. Because I kind of feel like these days they treat Ric Flair like that old man that they got to moderate, keep him, yeah. keep him from getting too much airtime, cause He might say something that'll get them in trouble or he might just go off the rails with whatever he's going to say.
1: True. He He's in a good spot right now because he's being introduced, not introduced, but he's being involved with the show in a good capacity. Yeah. Uh, like him and Hogan, Like, I'm not the biggest Hogan fan after the situation. But the way they're using Hogan and him is the best way to use those legends. Right.
0: And I was wondering, like, what was taking them so long to use Flair. Like, I felt like they only were using him for Charlotte. And I get that because right now you have a daughter that's that's reigning supreme. So, it makes sense. But I was wondering, why aren't these guys put under Ric Flair's tutelage? Like, he could have been managing other talents. They had him in the Miz do their thing, and, you know, that was what it was. But seeing Flair next to Drew McIntyre was,
1: was a pretty good look. They, they messed up the Miz situation because they had him as a babyface and they had Flair as a babyface. And it just didn't make sense. That didn't make any sense. Like, the Miz at, at one point was your top hill and Rick Flair is one of the greatest heels of all time. Why are they both babyfaces? True. And like, that's why I was saying. Like, that was a failed opportunity. But where they at now, he can be this crazy hill old man that go crazy on a promo, Cut promos on everybody, mom in the crowd, and it is effective. Yeah, I think
0: keep Flair here from now on. He doesn't even because at the end of the day, he's still gonna get cheered. He's a Hall of yes. Famer. He's a sixteen-time champion. Just let that man play here. Don't have him try to suck up to the fans because no matter what, we still gonna love him. At this point, that's what we want. We want you to be here. Right. We want you to to berate the crowd. We want you to say things that's going to tick us off, but it's not going to really tick us off. So when he said what he said about the Cleveland Browns, he really couldn't even pick up that much heat if he wanted to because it's like... Uh, it's, the Browns suck already. It's, it's, it's Ric Flair. How much, you know, how much heat right. are you going to give this man in his 70s, you know?
1: The beatdown. I was expecting a teammate to come out to help Ricochet, and I wonder why. I get it, you know, Rackett McIntyre got looked look strong, but I was expecting, like, a teammate to come out and at least get him to run away, like, run them down or something like that.
0: You know what I realized? You know, just to piggyback off that, it kind of feels like, yes, there's Team Hogan, there's Team Flair, but at the same time, they're not putting best friends together. True. they just putting True. five guys to represent them at a glorified house show, and y'all do what y'all do. Y'all ever got to be... <laughs> Y'all don't got to be buddies. Just because these guys are now linked together in a 10-man tag match doesn't mean Drew beating on Ricochet, so he's just going to automatically see Ali, Shorty G, Roman. Everybody that's on SmackDown, by the way. Oh, yeah. That that also makes sense. You know, the only person that could show up to his defense would have been Rusev. You know, he has his own problems, we'll get into that. (laughs) But um, (laughs) moving on, Aleister Black. That's our guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's always very, very popular on this podcast. It's always great to see him. And he squashed a local, I'm th- I'm guessing, Jason Reynolds. I wrote the guy's right. name down.
1: Jason Reynolds might have clout because they said his name multiple times. hmm And also, he got a good bit of offense in for a squash match. I was looking at it, and I
0: was thinking, Alistair, might have just been such a nice guy that he's like, look, I'm not going to just beat you down. I'm going to let you get a few shots. In. Right. I'm going to let you get a few shots and this is your big chance. You know, I know what it feels like to be here. And that's how I kind of looked at it. Whoever produced that match, though, kudos to them if they did write it that way. It kind of, because it kind of looked like as if Alistair might have, I don't know, threw out a couple of words out there when it was in the ring, you know, kind of gave him the leeway. Like, yo, just get a little bit of your offense and show what you can do. And then I'm going uh, to, I'm back on that ass happened. Right, right.
1: But from 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 last time I heard, I forgot who it was, but someone had a squash man. I want to say it was, was a big cast? It was somebody. And Vince didn't want the jobber to get offense in. Mm-hmm. So with him so so I don't know if that would have got him in trouble. Cause I was looking at it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's we'll funny. see. We'll see.
0: Yeah, Alistair Black was the first official, I guess, fresh face of the Royal Rasta that they displayed.
1: Moving on, the AOP segment, Authors of Pain. I like these promos. I, I like them a lot. They, I like that they put it in their, their language, they subtitle it. Like we said in the first episode, Oscar and Kyrie Singh might have to start doing the same thing. But I wouldn't want the subtitles. Just let them speak in their language and have people mad about it. They seem very comfortable, don't they? Yeah, well, I'll be comfortable too if I can beat anybody's ass. <laughs>
0: you can do storylines on real
1: life you can be able to do that
0: and wear some pretty cool suits right yeah
1: but we have to get this in the ring It's gonna come a time where we're gonna need it in the ring so what this is what week number what four five mm-hmm. that they've been doing these promos could be so we gotta we gotta start seeing it in the ring soon I know maybe um Acom not ready yet you know he's not healed yet from his injury all the way but I know he's probably close to the deadline
0: he's been injured forever right right what kind of injury did right. he get. Speaking of injuries, uh, speaking of injuries, get get well
1: Xavier Woods. Achilles injuries. That's a bad injury, man. Oh
0: brother. Um, but the the AOP segment, I'm liking the, the 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 cohesiveness between them two because there's there's this chemistry when they go back and forth. I feel like we're getting to a point where they're about to snap. I thought that they would have been doing repeat type segments, but no, they're cutting new promos every week. And they, this this week they said how Raw didn't sign them we were actually drafted to SmackDown, but SmackDown traded us to Raw. So, like, we even more angry because we on the show that didn't even want us. <laughs> right, right. That just added a little bit of context into why they're even more angry and whoever they put them paws on, well, really they're going to see something. You have to feel it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Moving on, King's Court. Jerry King Lawler has a show. that Like, this is a regular thing now.
1: Yeah. I, this is on SmackDown. Right. Who else have a segment? Alexa Bliss is on SmackDown. Who else has a segment? <laughs> Nobody has a segment right now. Well, we gonna bring Christian back and do the, um... Peep show? Was it? The the Corner? Yeah, the Peep show? Are we gonna come with the Rated R show or something like that? Like, what are we doing? We could do something like that with Christian. I love the Peep show. Yeah, but the thing about it is Jared King Lawler there every week, so let's use him for, you know, an interview segment. Poor
0: Jerry King, because he was just up there asking that question. You could tell he was being fed every line in that earpiece. Facts. He was, Facts. He was saying everything <laughs> word for word as it was coming to him. And he had to, you could just tell, he was just looking down. And the Rusev was so funny because I felt like he broke the fourth wall for a minute, just for a moment, but he has that thing about him, that goofy kind of serious character. He said, come on, guys. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> Only Rusev could get away with it though, like in that in that way. So take it easy, guys. Hall of Famer. And the king is like, Yeah, you know, thank you.
1: This He's is like, hard. I am a Hall of
0: Famer. They got me asking you a, a four or five point question. Had a point you eight. said a four or five point? Yo, that question was it was Rusev, how do you feel? And when did you find out and how will you react? <laughs> <laughs> when you find out who who <laughs> it just has so many layers to it, I'm like, wow. Um but I I was waiting for Bobby and Lana to interrupt that thing and it came up on a on Titan Tron and I just I just was rolling. I had tears coming out of my eyes because and it just it was joy. It was tears of joy because I'm just so happy to see Bobby Lashley doing something other than just coming out there smiling and Looking like showing his ass, yeah, and look, you know, just being black lesbian, you know, <laughs> that's a fact. This was just so refreshing to see him in an angle like this. I know a lot of people are not a fan; of it. they're really not feeling this attitude error s angle because it's like we're we're past this. This is behind, you know, we're going backwards. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like certain storylines or certain wrestlers require things like this because it, it brings a certain edge. I think Lashley needed this. He needed this more than. Lana and Rusev, because I always felt he hasn't been able to dive deeper into just being a relatable person.
1: It was the cheesiest, but to me, it's like embrace it. Sometimes you can embrace the cheesiness. If it's good cheese, <laughs> eat the damn cheese.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Like, 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 my thing is, like, we watch wrestling, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have some bad creative things here and there. This is just cheese. Yeah. And just eat the cheese, bro. Like, it just embrace the cheese. I think it's intended. And let's, let's just go with it. I think it's intended yeah. for being
0: cheesy too because even with the Lana segment from what, last week or the week before when she was saying, you know, um, I like it deeper, I like it harder. It's like it's meant to be cheesy. It's one of those things mm-hmm. where you don't take it seriously. These guys are not looking for an Oscar. They're not looking for an Emmy. This is really intended to just entertain you for a few minutes.
1: It's quirky. It
0: is what it is. It's just to sell a story.
1: I also feel that it's your one attitude era moment of the, of the week. Yeah, everybody, everybody revert back to the attitude era about stuff. The attitude era had a lot of bad, like I tell you, like had a lot of bad stuff in. It. Let's revert back to it for one second. Yeah,
0: and this show, and when you think about it, this show as as a whole was more wrestling based than it's been in in, in some time. So that was a nice little filler segment right there. But yeah, Bobby Lashley, Lana interrupts the King's Court with Rusev. Bobby and Lana is out on a date. Same old, same old, telling him like, hey, Rusev, you keep on playing. And I knew it when Lana said, You never, you know, you know I love this restaurant, or this is my favorite restaurant. You didn't you didn't take me, I always wanted to go here or whatever. I was like, that's perfect. That was a perfect line for her to just feed. It makes sense. If Rusev knows that's her favorite restaurant, then he would know where she's at. So that was perfect. Moving on, yeah. We get Andrade fighting scene Carl for the thousandth time. Like, I'm starting to feel like whenever there's a draft, whenever you want to put a roster together, put Sin Cara on there when Andrade's. On. Sin Cara goes right. where Andrade goes.
1: Right. This is what they did the same thing with Alberto Del Rio his first no. year.
0: How many times <laughs> Andrade got beat Sin Cara just to prove to the riders backstage that you don't need to fight him anymore?
1: Well, I feel like that's why they kept on saying, yeah, Sin Cara's long awaited return. He's back. This is, you know, like they they kept the commentators kept on mentioning that this thing called first match, and Sekar, you know, he can wrestle his ass off. It just comes to the point where you you none buried him so damn much, nobody cares. Well,
0: he has a seventy-one in WWE 2K20, which I got today.
1: <laughs> Congratulations that you were able to bear with that.
0: <laughs> that match was a pretty good match, though. I didn't expect seeing Carl to go the distance with Andrade. I thought it was, I thought that was going to be a squad similar to Alistair Black because they already had positioned the new the new faces of the of I guess a Monday night Raw going forward, like the the future. And they had like this promotional promo package, promo package for yeah. Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, and Andrade. I said, ooh, dangerous. They haven't done that. In a that, that was fire. They haven't done that in That minute. was fire. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. I don't know if that was a Heyman move, but I'm like, God damn, it's about damn time. You gotta do something to show that y'all actually care. Good go. Yeah,
1: that was fire. I wish Sad was in there. You know, I'm a big Sad guy. Yeah. But it's all right. It's all right. I don't mind. I don't mind it.
0: Yeah. Afterwards, after Andrade beats Sinclair with the help of Zelina Vega, we move on to Umberto Carrillo. Kind of rhymes with Alberto
1: Guerrillo. Mm-hmm. Oh, but soon enough, he's are gonna have his own announcers saying his name. <laughs>
0: It's yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It's funny thing, Umberto looks like the announcer. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. He doesn't really look like it. There's a vibe though. There's a vibe. But um mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Umberto gets the opportunity to speak about, you know, what are the things that he's looking forward to do because he's already done seen Andrade show what he can do. He's he's seen Alistair Black. What do he, he mentioned something about Seth, about burning things down and they just kinda like moved on. But I know that was like a right. I know that was the beginning of something. I didn't know that we would see it play out later on in the night, but I, I thought that would be the only time we even hear from moving on. After that, Viking Raiders beat Curt Hawkins and Zack Ryder.
1: Which it was a given. It's always a given because it's Curt Hawkins and Zack Ryder.
0: Nothing much to really speak on with that. I just knew that was a match to showcase the champions do their thing. And Curt Hawkins and Zack Ryder are good four guys. And they, they have a new movement, a new
1: loser movement, I guess you can say. Yeah, but it's just like, the, grad- the gratitude yeah, it, it, era. It, <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's still like you're gonna have these guys in the same spot you've been having them in for the past four to five years. You sure? Um,
0: these guys have been doing this since two thousand eight, since they were edge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, the past eleven years.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> so you're gonna have these guys, they're gonna win hope matches, win hope titles, lose a title within, you know, a month or two, or get forgot about. And then they're gonna be in the same spot as before. Yeah, Kofi, ain't and got it's just like, them. <laughs> 11 years, <laughs> right, right. And Kofi, you know, Kofi had you know title shots that lasted. My thing is, uh, I I just don't get my whole stuff about those guys anymore. Like like, and Kurt Hawkins left and came back and end up in the same spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, the writing is on the wall. Whenever you see them guys positioned in whatever spot, but Thank I you. know the Viking Reds. Was gonna do their thing. They put the pain in. Right. Moving on next, I couldn't wait. And it was the follow-up to Rusev finding Bobby Lashley and Lana at, their, at the <laughs> restaurant. <laughs>
1: the fact I I liked when dude, I like the little touch when the guy was like, yo. Like, like, like he was a fan of Raw. Like, yo, I don't want no problems. What <laughs> 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 well, could you please leave? Like, he's just like, I don't want no problems. And they're like, yo, what's going on? He's like, I don't want no problem. And they wouldn't leave. Yeah,
0: Bobby didn't even get no, no. I don't think he got any hits in. It. He really played victim, right? He played victim. Right. It was beautiful because it's like you want to see is Bobby gonna retaliate? And he did.
1: He was like, "Get him out of here!" he's was more, and more so like <laughs> he's ruining our dinner. The perfect heel. And you know, you know, I really would want them to have a lawsuit angle with Lassie because if with with Hills, right? The Hills are never really wrong in their and the way they say things, it just normally is the approach. Right. So it, it, would, it would make sense for him to go for a lawsuit because he wasn't the one that touched Rusev. Rusev beat him up practically.
0: It'd just be funny if he just comes out next week just over-exaggerating and have, like, some type of neck brace or something like that, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> wild funny. Wild funny. Just take it to the next level. Lana says how Rusev is an is a animal. He came out in... Just try to ruin our dinner. You you knew how special this night was. You knew this was my favorite restaurant. You took the moment away from me. Oh, that's perfect.
1: Yeah, continue to cheese it up. That's it. Just cheese. and With this storyline, embrace the goddamn cheese.
0: That's it. I don't care. That's it. That's all you got to do. And it didn't even take that long before they even got to that. It was just two segments. They didn't drag it throughout the night. Oh, as a matter of fact, it was three seconds. They had the one when Lashley and Lana interrupted the King's Court. Then at some point... Uh-huh when a uh, guy came to them, the the manager said, that I got to leave, and Lashley was like, listen, he doesn't even have the balls to come in here. Like, you know, <laughs> like, just being naive, like, Rusev is not coming. I'm ready to see them two go at it, but keep on dragging it to crown jewel. They don't even, shouldn't even touch each other. And then when they even get the chance to, Lashley should play the perfect heel and tag out. Like,
1: nah. Or right, they can disqualify each other and just let it keep on going for a little while. It's elimination. So they get a match. Uh... Is it elimination? That's a good question. i I assume that it would be. Every time I see 515, I think it's elimination. Unless
0: he's on Raw. It's kind of weird, because Survivor Series right around the corner. I just probably make that one pinfall. Right. True that. Moving on. Rey Mysterio.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rey Mysterio, he came out and pretty much just showed love to the to the to the WWE universe and told everybody thank you for all the support and all the the outpouring love for him and his son Dominic. Now when he came out, I didn't even know really what to expect. I'm like, okay, he's probably gonna sell the match some more with with Brock and Kane, but he had a lot to be thankful for. And I was out of the loop. I didn't even know what was going down. It was a pretty heartfelt promo. Right. And then Paul Heyman
1: interrupts him. Which made sense.
0: I forgot what Haman said, but everything he says usually is just rock, 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 right. rock, Lesnar. Right, I and mean, that's, right. that's the promo. But <laughs> he said what he said to him. The Shelton Benjamin thing got me. It just it had me excited to see this man do something. He was talking, he was speaking. You know, yeah. God, Shelton hasn't been able to speak apparently. <laughs> His last few promos has been them been asking questions. They ain't got nothing to do with. Right. And This ain't really had nothing to do with him, but he he brought himself out there this time. Well, mm-hmm. well, I like the context. The Brock Lesnar context was different. I've never even heard anybody refer to Brock Lesnar as family. That was like the first.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That that was yeah. That was that was. I I like the way they did that. That was because cause it was like that's the most he has the most history with Brock as even a tag team partner. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because. Mm-hmm. FC, well, not FCW. What was the OVW? They were the, what, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew? That was their name?
0: Yeah, but just at the University of Minnesota, he was one of Brock's training partners. Heyman had endorsed him earlier this year when Brock had the problem with Seth and when he had said "Uh, Brock has only had one tag team partner. You know, Shelton was the only man who could ever tag with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And that looks good on Shelton. And then mm-hmm. Shelton and Brock have a real relationship. Or personal relationship so that's also cool
1: right right I don't yo looking at it it looked like he was going to be a beat down and we're gonna give Shelton a good hill turn to start off with yeah on, on. yeah that's what they I think that's what they should have did but you know they didn't go that way but but not but he comes out and he didn't even get a pop I didn't I think they were expecting a bigger pop for the came for velasquez I don't know what what's going on
0: but they did this thing so abruptly that it that is not as organic as it could be. Right. But there's an organic build. Like, okay, Ray and his son were pretty much beat down by, by Brock Lesnar, and Kane has a history with Brock, and how we put it together is say Ray and Kane are family, and Kane comes to the, you know, pretty much to, to handle Lesnar because I'm cause he's the only guy that ever legitimately beat him. So it makes sense.
1: And it looked weird. Like, Shelton have, the way Shelton ran off, the, the fake shoot punches that he was given, it was a lot, like, it was it was a hot to me. It was just like a hodgepodge of nothing. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sold on for last. It year. was worse. Yeah, kind of,
0: Ronda Rousey has did a way better. She did a way better job
1: then. right, right, a oh, way better than oh, cause it was crazy. Yeah, it was od crazy because the punches was trash. He all he did was mount them. and then his punch was almost as worse as I'm um, shaming man punches.
0: Man. That whole segment was like something out of a video game. You know how to, uh, <laughs> you know, the segments when they're showing the wrestlers fight each other in the ring in a video game. Yeah. When it's not a match, when it's like a a, a scene, a cut scene, but, and when it's a cut yeah. scene, the action and the gameplay is a little different. Everything is a lot slower. The moves, <laughs> the moves are impactful, but it's slow, and the punches. Yeah. And that's what I felt like I was watching just in real life. <laughs> You stupid! (laughs) I'm sorry, but I didn't. I didn't know what Kane was doing, and that's that's gonna be a problem for him because he's so used to punching for real. It's gonna take some time to know how to work fake punches. Those punches,
1: right? Well, Tyson Fury had that same problem. So,
0: I, I, Tyson, uh, Tyson, and Land—none of those punches. (laughs) laying none of those in and, and that's what the e get because you put these guys in there just for the effect just to show that you're a crossover only mm-hmm. thing is there's not enough training that goes in. i don't i don't think they're training these crossover talent enough just to at least i mean have some dignity man like don't put yeah. tyson in there and he doesn't know how to work some fake punches yet but moving on right. kane does what he does to show Seth Rollins back talking about uh, why he did what he did, burning down the the Firefly Funhouse, saying why he did what he did. It wasn't much ex- explanation for why he did what he did. It just, I think they just needed to find a way to put him on screen. To, you know, to talk about something. That segment was more
1: about him stepping up to Umberto. Yeah, it it was. I, I like he didn't say anything about the Firefly Funhouse that was significant. Yeah, <laughs> nothing at all. And I and I was like, dang, bro, like. I just feel that like they killing Seth Rollins as a baby face. It's the WWE fault that, like, they put him in a spot where Roman was at the Royal Rumble 2015. It's getting there. It's, it's getting there slowly but surely. It's getting there. It's getting there. And, yeah. you, and my thing is, you know, the fans are fickle, so <laughs> well, at least
0: I feel like with him, at least they'll turn him. But Roman, they yeah. will not pull that trigger. So at least with Seth, right. if it starts getting like that, where. We will have to just turn this guy heel. I think they'll do it because he's done it already. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was all about, was for the Rollins to confront Umberto and give him, like, a John Cena rookie moment. Right. What did you think of that right. match?
1: Incredible. Um, Umberto Carrillo, he, he's always been amazing. Always been that athletic, that great. It's good to have him in a match with Seth like that and Seth playing the the heel in a way, playing the straight man in a way. Yeah. Because Seth is normally one jumping around, flipping. They gave him the Undertaker Jeff, they gave him the Undertaker Jeff Hardy spot. He has the he look for it.
0: I don't know if everybody in the WWE crowd was impressed with him because they I thought we would get a, a, a this is awesome chant, but they didn't quite get it.
1: That's because of the self-hate. That's why because that's of because of the self yeah. That's because of the self-hate. Self-hate is getting kind of out of the line right now. But I want to see Humberto as a heel. I think with that smile, he could be a good mid-card heel champion. You know, if I,
0: he's like, so humble, really genuinely humble, that it'll probably yeah. be hard for him to be that way. He'll probably need a manager. Okay. But I like him. Uh, I like Umberto. Funny funny enough, Rollins seemed to be giving off the heel ish kind of vibe in that match. So uh-huh. in your face, why are you in the ring shouting at the man and making it just you just kind of
1: being one of those assholes, like, come on Umberto. Yeah, being a dick. Like yeah. even even throwing him against the barricade. Like, it was just different moves he was doing, just like, like, you can play the hell in a match without doing certain, certain things. And then after that, we get our boys, Street Profits. Street Profits with their Raw Day View, baby.
0: <laughs> love them guys. I love yeah. them guys, man. I mean, even though they, they gassed us, they said they was going to have a mystery partner come to the main events, a regular two-on-two, which I wasn't mad because it <laughs> should have just been booked as that anyway, because the Street Profits. Right. They don't need nobody else taking any shine from them. You need to see them Mm -hmm. perform, and
1: them boys are stars. Well, Anthony, you know how I feel about D'Angelo Dawkins, but I feel that Montez Ford is the guy. He's the truth. Now,
0: Montez Ford is, (laughs) oh, man, he is a guy. He is. I think both of them, though, got it, though. Okay. I think both of them got it, and it works hand-in-hand. They need each other. Okay. I wouldn't even separate them two anytime soon. No, 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 no They're both the training no, wheels for each other. They both keep each other comfortable. I can see that they'll probably be... They'll be good on their own, but they have built such... This brotherhood chemistry with, with, with them working, and obviously traveling together and being at NXT, that they make each other feel comfortable in those
1: promos. They can yeah. be who they want to be. Well, next Raw event, I will be buying that We Want the Smoke shirt, because it reminded me of one of the old tour shirts that they had yeah so <laughs> that shirt's fine man, man. That shirt's fine
0: i love it how do you think they did
1: in the main event their work rate is always good both of their work rate is amazing the club that was a good opponent to put them in in the first match on raw i like that they gave the the nwo vibes from the nwo incarnation yeah so they 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 you know they waited which was a mod pod because they said they wanted a three-on-three so what, AJ wasn't a part of the match? Like I was a little confused about what's the rules for the match.
0: It was a regular tag team match and AJ just was uh-huh. a manager. Distracting. Great match, great two and two. I loved it. Great main event. I was on the edge of my seat because I was happy to see Street Profits in a good position. And I'm I'm looking forward to the future. Kevin mm-hmm. Owens ended up coming out there and I was I was dope. Cause I, I felt like what would, if the match, I thought the match was going to be at Crown Jewel. I don't know why when they said it was going to have a mystery partner, but it happened this week. I was trying to figure out what it would be. Maybe Cedric or Kevin yeah. Owens. Because I thought about when the OC came out, Cedric was canceled for me because I, I felt as if Ced may not be a big enough name to come out after the OC if they were presenting yeah. it. So I said, it's got to be Kevin Owens. He's the only person that will be big enough to, to come out after them and get a big pop. Like right. Big pop. Like, oh, and plus he's new on Raw.
1: Did Kevin Owens look pissed at you? <laughs> like
0: he didn't want to be there. Yeah. I know there's a little bit of confusion. So he just went through a hell of a storyline with Shane. And got Shane yeah. fired and you can't even reign Supreme on the show. <laughs> you can't, he didn't even cut a promo about getting rid of him yet. Right. It just kinda just happened. And then he got mm-hmm. drafted the the next week. But yeah, if you had to
1: rate Raw one out of ten, what would you give it? Oh, uh, this week, I'll give Raw a 7.3. Um, The highlights were the Street Profits match with OC, being cheesy <laughs> with with Bobby Lashley and Rusev. Yeah. The, you know, the Humberto Carrillo match with Seth, but even though Seth played a little bit too much of a heel, but, you know, it was a coming out party, and then showing, new, displaying a new talent. What about you?
0: I, I would give, I would go as so far to give Raw an 8. Okay. i give him an 8. All right. I thought that uh, one of my favorite things was the Lashley and Lana segment. I loved seeing Aleister Black in action, seeing Andrade in action, and then seeing other guys get used. Like, Shelton doesn't get, doesn't get used much. So we had a few few good things. And then the Street Profits, I was happy to see those guys. It was a pretty solid episode. I didn't have much complaints. Only complaint I would make is that there were no women matches, and I wanted to see what was going on.
1: One more thing. Uh... The Bollywood Boys and R-Truth trying to get his title back.
0: Funny. <laughs> Funny. You know, it's yeah. it like, it, it was impressionable, but not as impressionable. But I guess we'll see where they go for me. Okay. But, yeah. The R-Truth stuff is uh, good. Well, there you have it, guys. This is episode four. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at Brothers of Instruction Podcast. Swing back around next time for another one. I'm your host,
1: Anthony King. With your brother, Daquan Donovan. Happy NBA, guys. Peace.
0: Peace.